The presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, aka 5E, is full-spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Over the Monster podcast. This is your host, Matt Collins. I am the managing editor at Over the Monster and also your host today. And once again, I am joined by, I think we went, we decided on curmudgeon last week, our local curmudgeon, Brian Joyner. Is that right? I like assistant regional manager. Assistant to the regional manager, Brian Joyner. Yeah. Little uh, timely office joke right there. Well, it's uh, nice well, time no. ago. Ta- it's it's not timely. It's only timely for sarcastic. you. Yes. I was being sarcastic. Um, yeah, that show is only what fifteen years old now. Um, but anyways, we're not talking about the office. Uh, so we're gonna start off. There's not too too much news going on with the Red Sox right now, other than they're still playing spring training games. And today's Tuesdays in particular was not very fun, but. Uh, it was baseball, but we did get a little bit of news before the game. Uh, Alex Cora was asked about um, Franchi Cordero and Ryan Brazier, uh, both of whom have gotten late starts to their season. Cordero, I don't believe, is working out with the team quite yet. He had tested positive for COVID, and he's still trying to get through all of those protocols and all that. Uh, Ryan Brazier is with the team, uh, but he was late, so he's behind everybody. Um, they didn't really give any reasons. They said personal reasons, but... Uh, the main point here is that both of these guys are in danger of missing opening day, not being ready for the start of the season. And basically any time a manager even puts a little bit of odds on them not being ready, it's pretty much guaranteed that they won't be ready. Um, so that's a pretty big deal. A couple guys that seemed like locks for the opening day roster, probably not going to be there. So that seems like a good place to start. And I think we should probably start with Cordero. Um, Cordero seemed like he was going to be something close to an everyday left fielder, at least in a platoon with Hunter Renfro. So Cordero out for however long, it doesn't seem like it'll be too long, but for however, however long, how do you see them playing the outfield without Cordero as an option out there? Well, this is more of a question I have for you is, do you think this leads to Duran early? Cause I, my instinct would be that it wouldn't as long as they had the bodies not to do it. But I, I honestly don't know um, as well as you might. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I think it's definitely going to increase the calls for sure. Uh, he's slowed down a little bit the last few games. So um, maybe the last few games, he hit, a home run, he hit a home run like, what, two days ago? Did he? I don't, they had a day off on Monday, and that just basically restarted the spring for me. I don't really that's know fair. what happened before that. That's fair. Um, but no, I don't think I don't think that's going to change anything. Um, I think that they don't really have the bodies, but they kind of do. They just have all of these infielders that can also play outfield, and so I'm assuming that's just going to be the plan. I think we're going to see a lot of Kike Hernandez in center field. Uh, rather than second base, I think we're going to see Marwan Gonzalez getting some time in left field. Um, I think either Michael Chavis or Yairo Munoz are probably the favorites to get that roster spot. Um, and while both of them are infielders, they can also both play left field. Um, so, I mean, I don't think any of those options are particularly great, and I think Duran would obviously be way more exciting. But it seems like that's the easy road, is to just go with one of those infielders. That makes sense. I mean, it's the whole reason they have Hernandez against Gonzalez. 
Um, let me just ask you, just ask you, what is the timeline, if any, with Danny Santana? So Santana actually is another option. Um, that just totally depends on his spring. He's, I believe, with the team now, or he might still be going through protocols. I don't really, the whole COVID stuff kind of throws off everybody's timeline because when you sign you've got to wait a few days and do all the testing and everything so i'm assuming he's probably not going to be ready for the start of the season either but um he could be i guess i could see a competition with him and chavis and munoz uh, for that last spot i'm not particularly high on danny santana so i don't know that i really bet on him making the roster but um, depending on his opt-out situation, too, if he can leave at the end of camp, um, they that might give him a look up. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I guess I just think if they're dealing with this amount of injuries and uh, this number of injuries in an outfield that is not particularly deep to start, that the uh, you know that they may have to dig a little bit. But that's that those points are taken that he might not even be around too much longer. Yeah, it's just, I don't know that their, outf- their outfield isn't deep, but also it kind of is. Like, they just have so many of these guys that can play outfield, and especially at Fenway, I mean, anybody can play left field at Fenway, other than Blake Swihart and Hanley Ramirez. Um, it's just so small. I mean, Michael Chavis did not look great out there, but he can he can handle himself out there. Yara Munoz is actually pretty good. Um Marwin Gonzalez, I definitely don't want to see him in right field, but I'd be fine with him in left field. Enrique Hernandez is actually a fantastic outfielder. I would rather see him playing center field than Alex Verdugo. So, I mean, they don't really have a lot of strict outfielders, but they have a lot of guys that I think you can be okay with playing, especially if this... I mean, right now it seems like the Cordero thing is only hopefully going to be a few weeks, um, so it's not really a long-term concern right now. And that, I mean, and we haven't even mentioned J.D., who can play the outfield if we need him to. Yeah. I would really prefer him not to. Um, I don't know. I don't know how Alex Cora feels about it. It doesn't seem like there's as much traction. It, seem, it seems like in previous springs it's, they've kind of made a point of saying Martinez will play some outfield. Um, I haven't really heard that so much this year. So hopefully they won't do that. It's just the guy's getting older. He's had back problems. Just let him hit. That's all he needs to do. Yeah, I wonder how much last year's hitting numbers inform what they're looking for this year. Like, don't don't focus on fielding. Just just yeah. Who cares about that? Yeah. Like I said, they have like forty players who can at least fake it in left field. They, I'm assuming he'll get some time out there, but I'm hoping just like ten or fifteen games, and then they can move on. Um, the other part of this is Ryan Brazier, who, I mean, in my opinion, Brazier is one of the more underrated parts of this team. I think he's pretty clearly the third best reliever on the roster. Um, and so that kind of leaves a hole a little bit behind Barnes and Ottavino. Um, so who do you see stepping up in that Brazier role, sort of that bridge to the top two guys? No, this is your department. Who do you see? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think the hope is the hope is obviously Darwin's and Hernandez. Um, he has the upside. He has the stuff to be the best reliever in the bullpen. Um, I don't really. I've kind of gotten lower on Hernandez. I think over the last year or so, it's just I need to see the control before I can get it. Um, so I guess I would probably go with Sawamora. Um, we haven't really seen him yet, so I guess I haven't really had anything to pick apart, and maybe I'll be a little less excited when I see him pitch, but he has closer experience in Japan. He's pitched late in games in a very competitive league, um, so he just kind of seems like the natural option to slide in there. I don't know. The Red Sox history with Japanese relievers is so bad. So How dare you? How dare I? How dare I make a joke that is the opposite of the truth? Koji was at uh, was in Fort Myers today watching Sawamura pitch on the backfields. I think Tazawa. I just saw a Tazawa highlight maybe um, oh, from I Japan. Yeah, honest. I it, oh, good guys, good guys. Those were the good um, old days. Tazawa got that um, 
that Japanese candy. I can't remember what it's called, um, but it's so good. And he got that in like every major league clubhouse and the Vietnamese coffee shop at the top of my street sells it. And I get it every single time I walk in there. Nice. That's my Junichi Tozawa uh, talk. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much it for the news. Um, as far as filling out the roster with those guys out, like I said, in, on the position player side of things, it's probably going to come down to Chavis, Munoz, or Santana. I think I would lean Munoz. I don't know about you. They seem to like him quite a bit, and that that I thought was so. But they DFA'd him this winter. Knee jerk reaction before I even bothered to look how much he had play the outfield um and i no siri um sorry about that uh it would be interesting if they had to go to santana uh to see what happened but i my my instinct has been munoz as as yours is yeah i think i think munoz and then the relievers i mean there's just so many guys in that sort of zone that's waiting to come up. I mean, Josh Taylor, Phillips Valdez, Colton Brewer, John Schreiber, um, Eduard Pizardo has been really good in spring. I guess I could see him kind of getting a shot. Um, they are fine being aggressive with those guys. I don't really, I think that one's, it's not even worth making a prediction at this point. Cause it's probably just going to come down to whoever's hot over the last like two weeks of spring. Um, Taylor was pretty chance. good last year, wasn't he? Two years ago. Um, Two years ago, okay. Last year doesn't count. Um, yeah. Now, Taylor had COVID last year at the start of summer camp, and he just never got it better, it seemed like. He was just never himself. Um, and same with Darwin's and Hernandez. So, I mean, those guys, those are big parts of the bullpen, and hopefully with COVID behind them, they'll be able to pitch like themselves again. Um, but yeah, so like I said, that's that's pretty much all that's going on with the Red Sox right now. Um, so we're going to spend most of the show looking at the rest of the division um, all week over on over the Monster, the written part of the site. Um, we're doing previews of the rest of the division, uh, so we're going to pick up on that theme here as well. And we're going to go through all of the depth charts, um, try and figure out where the Red Sox stand in all of these different areas, um, who's looking better, who's looking worse, probably Baltimore looking worse for every single one of these. Um, and then we'll wrap it up by looking at what we think this division ultimately ends up looking like. Um, so yeah, we'll start obviously with catcher just makes the most place, most sense to start. Um, just to quickly run through who are the projected starters there. Obviously Christian Vasquez in Boston, um, Gary Sanchez for the Yankees, Mike Zunino probably for the Rays, although Francisco Mejia is there too. Um, so they'll probably be splitting some time Toronto, I would say Danny Jansen. They also have Alejandro Kirk and Reese McGuire. Uh, so they kind of get a trio that'll be fighting for spots. And then Baltimore, Chance Sisko, Pedro Severino. Um, they have Adley Rushman, who's the best catching prospect in baseball, but I don't know that he's going to play enough uh, to really get consideration here. Um, but yeah, just looking at that group, who whose catching situation do you like the best? Well, the, I don't think that that was the question per se. Or who's the best catcher, I guess. I be, so Here's the thing. I mean, I think that... Uh, I, I do think this is, exor- this is an illustration of how this exercise might give us some false confidence because I think Christian Vasquez is the best catcher of the bunch. Um, certainly the best two-way catcher. Now, Gary Sanchez is the one player on the Yankees who I think Red Sox and Yankees fans agree on um, in that like, I, I don't think Yankees fans are big fans of Gary Sanchez. Now the, the man can hit, but as far as an all around game goes, uh, if Christian Vasquez can hit um, at a decent clip, I think he is the, uh, I think he's the choice here. Uh, what do you think? I think you're right. Um, I think it's. I actually think it's pretty clear that it's Vasquez. I mean, just the way he's hit, 
the last few seasons, he's been so safely above average, not even accounting for position. And then, I mean, catchers are just such bad hitters. You just don't find many catchers who can hit like him. Um, I will say, I think Gary Sanchez gets a bad rap on defense. Um, I He obviously has his issues, especially blocking pitches, and that's no small thing. But catching is like 75% pitch framing, and he is very good at pitch framing. Um, he has a good arm. So I think he's – I think he get, he has that reputation of being a bad defensive catcher because he's so bad at keeping the ball in front of him, um, which, again, is not a small thing. But once you get that reputation, it's so hard to lose it. I think he's a little underrated. But that being said, I still think – I still think it's Vasquez. He's just – Vasquez is so good defensively, and I mean, offensively, I would rather have Sanchez, but it's the gap between the two offensively is much smaller than the gap defensively. And that's and that's where I, I mean, I, I agree with you uh, on the result and on the process. I think that there's so much room for Sanchez to be better offensively, and even though he's considered an offensive player, um, he could still be better and then he would be the runaway choice in this, but it's the combination of his offensive skills being look for a catcher clearly above average. Um, but they're not, you know, it's not Piazza. He's, he's not Piazza out there just, um, obliterating the difference between offense and defense. So, uh, yeah, that I, I thought, and those two to me are the only two choices, I did also, you did not ask me to do this, but I did do the future picks for this. And uh, this was the easiest future pick uh, for the division in that it, Adley Rutschman is the, you know, maybe he won't do it, but he's the obvious guy in, in a few years who I would think would be at the top of the top of the heat. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's a top five prospect in baseball. Um, so yeah, he's definitely. I mean, that possibly as soon as next year he could be there. Um, I do think the Blue Jays are pretty interesting. I don't. I certainly wouldn't pick them at the top of the list, obviously, but they have Jansen, McGuire, and Kirk are all. I mean, Kirk can hit. Young, yeah, he can hit. I mean, McGuire and Jansen both had runs as like top prospects or something close to it. So I mean, I. In the sense that you have three options, the chances of, like, the more options you have, the chance that one of them sticks is good. Um, I think they could be interesting, but yeah, I mean, right now they're behind Vasquez and Sanchez, and then, like you said, in the future, it's all about Rutschman, so they're kind of in a dead zone here. The Blue Jays need to get a catcher whose dad was a Hall of Fame major leaguer, and then they'll be straight. Does Piazza have any kids? Uh, he, I'm not sure. He probably has either zero or 21. He doesn't know about <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, all right, let's move on to first base. Um, Red Sox are going with Dahlbeck, we know. Uh, Yankees have Luke Voigt. Uh, Raids have G-Man Choi. Everybody loves G-Man Choi. Uh, Blue Jays are moving uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. over to first base. And then the Orioles, maybe the most interesting player on the Orioles roster, uh, Ryan Mountcastle. So um, this is actually a pretty decent group. Uh, who do you have at the top? I, I, I got to say, I didn't know until right now that Mountcastle was going to be playing first. Um, but, they could have other guys. Like Mancini could be playing first, too. Right. I uh, I was surprised that I went this way anyway, but I, I picked Voight. Um because you know exactly what you're getting, and it's and it's good for first base. Uh, there there are good players in this bunch, but um, and I love Vlad. I'm not like I'm not dead. Like I'm a Red Sox fan. <laughs> I'm not a Red Sox fan, but I've loved I loved his dad. I love him, but I think right now for this year, Voight is probably the guy I'd pick. Yeah, I think so too. Um... I was really tempted to go with Vlad. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year, Vlad just finally turns into the guy that, and I say finally, he's 22 years old. I mean, it's not like he's, he's like, he's three years younger than Bobby Dahlbeck. So he's obviously still got a long way to go in his development, but 
I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year Vlad is the guy. But yeah, Voight is just annoyingly good. It's extremely annoying that the Yankees keep finding these guys. And I mean they they have obviously have this reputation for spending money and it's well earned and good for them for spending money, but the real power with this team right now is finding guys like Luke Voigt and DJ LeMahieu and Gio Urshela and I mean Aaron Judge was not a top top prospect and he's turned into their best player I mean they Voigt is probably one of the most underrated hitters in baseball it just it seems like he kind of gets lost in the shuffle but yeah he's just outrageously good yeah, you say it wouldn't surprise you, and it wouldn't surprise me either if Vlad Jr. was the top pick at the end of this year, but it also wouldn't surprise me if Voight hit 45 home runs. I mean, not, yeah, in, I mean, the, not in the slightest. Yeah, I mean, he could he could easily do that, and he's, yeah, I mean, like I said, he's just so consistent. Obviously, Yankee Stadium um, makes it a lot easier to hit 40-plus home runs, too. And in at least on the bright side, my pick uh, for future is Tristan Cassis. Over Vlad? Yeah, sure. If I'm not in on Vlad now, why would I be on Vlad? Why would I be on Vlad? I mean, Vlad, Vlad could, he could bounce back and do and do it, but let's be a homer on this one. No, yeah, that's fair. I would still go Vlad, um, but... I, I think in some, I didn't think of this uh, top of mind when I was doing it, but I think yeah. when I was doing the future things, I was not counting anyone who was counted You're right. Just now. looking at the minors, yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, in that case, it's definitely Casas. Um, but yeah, I mean, Casas is only a year younger than Vlad, just except for DH, where I ended up picking Vlad in the future. But that's not important. Well, that makes sense. He probably will be a DH. Um, all right, let's go. I think second base is probably pretty easy too. Um, second base, I guess we're going. Kike Hernandez for the Red Sox. Although I'm still not totally convinced that's going to happen. Uh, DJ LeMahieu for the Yankees. Uh, Brandon Lau for the Rays. Um, Marcus Semien for Toronto. And then who the hell knows who's playing second base for Baltimore? I don't even. I have no idea who's playing second base for them. Uh, Fangraphs has Yolmer Sanchez and or Jemai Jones. I guess I don't think that they're going to factor into this conversation, but. Well, nobody but DJ LeMahieu factors into this conversation. Yes, that is I mean, absolutely the case. Except for, except for, I mean, look, Marcus Simeon's pretty good. I, all respect due, but he's not. Yeah, this has player. everything to do with DJ LeMahieu and nothing to do with anybody else. LeMahieu is Jeter, so, so good. Future pick is Jeter Downs, though, baby. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, especially if you're not counting... Sort of process of elimination there. Yeah, I, I mean, I won't pretend to know the um, prospects. Nobody else has a big prospect system. second baseman, as far as I know. And if they do... Yeah, I mean... Unless you count the possibility of Toronto moving Biggio back there um, after Semyon leaves. Well, I feel like that is probably going to happen. And then uh, in the next position we go to, we're going to get into future uh toronto log jams at their infield but um i think that uh downs is the one guy in the division who you can look and say oh he's the up-and-coming second baseman uh pretty definitively yeah that's that's probably fair um all right yeah so third base Rafael Devers for the Red Sox, Gio Urshela for the Yankees. Um, or actually, I should say before we move on, uh, Brandon Lau is also very good. Um, the Rays, we'll get to the Rays sort of as a whole a little bit later, but um, the Rays offense doesn't really impress me, but Brandon Lau is very good. The Rays are him. very bad for this exercise. Like they Yeah, they're just like... Not to be represented in this exercise. Yeah, they're like second best in pretty much everything except for yeah. catcher. Um, all right, yeah. So back to third base. Yeah, so uh, Gio Urshela for um, the Yankees. Joey Wendell, I guess, for the Rays. Kevon um, Biggio, who we just talked about for the Blue Jays, and 
third base for the Orioles is Rhea Ruiz, I guess. Again, the Orioles barely count in this. Um, but yeah, so do you have... Who do you have here? This what is, do you This one think? I think is very interesting. No, I don't think this is interesting at all. This is Devers. You think so? For sure. You are probably on the Urshela tip, but no, I'm not. Yeah, I think I would go Devers too. I don't think it's definitive by any stretch um how old is devers devers is what 25 i don't don't think he's i don't think he's 25 maybe i'm wrong 24 there you go yeah he uh well it's really the it's the defense i mean i think that the questions about i'm relatively optimistic about his defense um, and I'm willing to toss aside most things from last year, and obviously his defense was terrible last season. But, I mean, at the same time, the questions about his defense are very legit, and he is at a position where it's kind of like you got to prove that you can do it before it's taken as a given. And Urshela, I know his defense is what it used to be, but he's still a better defensive player than Devers, and he's he's like Voight. He just keeps hitting, and it's annoying, and I hate it. But he's a good hitter, and I think Biggio is in this conversation too. I mean, Biggio is an on-base machine. Um, we haven't really seen him at third base, so I'm not really sure what to think of his defense, but he was good at second. So I think this is a good group all around, and I would probably go with Devers. I think he obviously has the most upside, but I think it's a little closer than you're giving it credit for. That's fair. I, I think that, to me, Devers is upside – is so much higher that it puts him in a tier, if only just above at his floor. Uh, look, if, if Urshela had a great year and Devers had a bad one, Urshela would probably be better, um, even in offensive stats. But I think that Devers could potentially be in another class, and it's easier for me to... Uh, just pick. I thought this one was pretty easy, but I, I do get. I do see what you're saying. I mean, Urshela is a is a good baseball player, and uh, let's just hope that Devers is better. Yeah, I mean, Devers is the only one in this group that I can see winning an MVP. Um, so he definitely has that kind of upside that the other guys don't. But Devers is also the only one that I can see just not being able to play third base by the end of the season. Or like watching Blues Clues all day. Well, he has... I believe he has two children now. What? He probably is watching Blues Clues. Oh, my... He has at least one child. There you go. He has at least one. I don't know if he has... I think he had a second one. But, yeah, so he probably is watching Blues Clues, or you know the kids' shows better than I do. Oh, yes, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Blues Clues is a bad example. Very bad example. Blue's Clues was when I was a kid. I watched Blue's Clues. They have a newer version, but uh, on our streaming service, there's only like three episodes, so can't watch more than that. But anyhow, anyhow. We only recognize the original Blue's Clues on this podcast. Although I think the host was not a great person, which is not a surprise. But anyways, yeah, let's move on. Um, Shortstop is Xander Bogarts, Glaber Torres... Hold on, let oh, me stop God. you. Oh, the future, yeah. My future is just whichever of the uh, whichever the Toronto guys between Austin Martin and Jordan Groshans ends up playing third. Because I figure one of them will, and the other won't. Probably Groshans will end up playing third, and Martin will play the outfield, and Biggio will go back to second. Man, they have they have such a good. Young, team. I love the Blue Jays. I'm they're really, Blue Jays they're really, they they have put together an amazingly fun team. Yeah, I wrote I wrote their preview today, and it was I was just looking at. I mean, their pitching obviously has some questions, but man, their lineup is just so much fun. All right, let's get to shortstop. This is this is a super super fun group. Uh, so Bogarts for the Red Sox, Glaber Torres for the Yankees, Willie Adamas for the Rays, Bo Bichette for the Blue Jays and then Freddie Galvis for the Orioles. Um, but I think this one, this one is very interesting. I feel like this is the opposite of the last one 
or at least the inverse of it, where you thought the last one was wide open. I feel like this one looks wide open, but the answer is Bogarts. Um, and it's not because the other guys are bad, because they are not bad. Um, and Bouchette probably has the highest ceiling, uh, to be honest. Or, and, and Torres is freaking great. But I think Bogarts right now is the best player. But I don't know what you think. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this pretty much all day. Um, I could g- give me a three-headed coin um, between Bogarts, Bichette, and Torres. And I think I could probably make the case for any of them. I think I land on Bichette. Um, he has just been so good in such a short period of time. I think the defense is better than Bogarts. But man, I mean, I think I think Bogarts is the safest of the group for sure. Um, but the upside with the other two, I think I just ultimately lean Bichette. But now that I'm talking, now that I'm saying it out loud, it seems crazy not to pick Bogarts. I don't know. This one is so hard. It's so hard. I mean, the thing with Bichette is some dudes just have it, and that dude just has it. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely... I think Torres has it, too. I mean, Torres they both ha- Yes, I agree. They, they both have it. Like, all, all of these guys have it. So, uh, it's tough. But, I mean, part of what I'm saying is informed by what you were telling me last week about the uh, Bogarts versus Devers discussion. Um, yeah. But it... the This is... Uh, this is neat because everybody is is really good. Um, I'd probably take Bogart this year, but I don't know how long that's going to last. This might be the last year that that's the case. Yeah, I think defense is probably the biggest separating factor here. Um, and Torres is not a very good defensive shortstop either. Um, and I do think Bogart's better than the metrics give him credit for. But I think Bichette is the best defensive player of the group, which I guess is why I put him ahead but like i said now that i'm saying it out loud it feels like it has to be bogarts and similar to the second base conversation just quickly give a shout out to willie adames who is i mean this is like you were saying this is just who the rays are it's he's he's just stuck in this division with so many good shortstops where he's just clearly number four on this list but yeah he's he's very good i know mike petriello um absolutely loves adames i think it's petriello Loves Adonis yeah. as a breakout. Um, he, he's a good player. The future shortstop. Stop me oh, if this you. One's if easy. you can, if you <laughs> this is the easiest one. On this the one out is um yeah it's Wander Franco. He might be up this year. He might. I don't know where he would play, um, but he should be up at some point this year. The Rays. Yeah, I saw. I saw that home run he hit from the left side, and I I immediately went and bought his rookie card for seventy five bucks. <laughs> His, I was just like, I was just like, I, I look, I've read about Wander for years and uh, I'm a Red Sox fan, but I love talent. They're just amazing baseball talent. And I saw that bat speed. I was like, all right, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Give it to well, me. Well, the good news is he's not, he's not going to be on the Rays for more than like three years. So we don't have yeah. to deal with them for too long. The bad news is that he'll be on the Yankees after. Actually, that's not true. It's the Dodgers. They won't us. trade him to the, they won't trade him to the Yankees anyways. It's the Dodgers now. Like I'm, I'm old, so I think, oh, they'll go to the Yankees. But no, it's the or the Dodgers. Padres, or the Padres. Yeah. Although they have Tatis, so I guess that wouldn't really make sense. And C.J. Abrams right behind him. So you know, what are you gonna do? The Padres are another team I'm gonna watch a lot. All right, so um, I don't know. Do you want to do individual outfield positions or just outfield as a whole? Outfield as a whole. Okay, that's what I thought too. Um, all right, so the Red Sox. I don't even know what the Reds, what to say for the Red Sox projected outfield. I guess Renfro, Verdugo, Cordero, but you can throw Gonzalez in the mix. You can throw Hernandez in the mix. Um, They're not the going to come up in this discussion. Okay, uh, the Yankees have Frazier, uh, Judge, and Hicks. Uh, the Rays have. I always have a bunch of guys too. They're going to mix a match. Rosarena, Austin Meadows, Kevin Kiermeyer, uh, Manuel Margot, Brett Phillips might play a little bit. Uh, Blue Jays, Blue Jays have kind of a fun outfield. Uh, Gurriel, Teoscar Hernandez, George Springer. 
Um, and then Baltimore, DJ Stewart, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes. This is actually probably the most fun part of the Orioles lineup. Cedric uh, Mullins is in there as well. Um, who do you have here? Uh, well, the first, I mean, the first two, I think are pretty easy. Uh, judge and Springer are on the team. Um, it's the last one that is just, uh, is pretty hard for me. I had cheated and put in JD Martinez because I, he has been known to play outfield occasionally, but I'm not wedded to that. Uh, yeah, that seems like cheating. It seems like cheating. And, um, like Aaron Hicks has been has been good. A Rosa Reina could be great. I I I don't I don't have strong opinions about the third uh, outfielder. Who do you have? I assume you have Judge and Springer. Yeah, that's pretty. Those are pretty clearly the two best outfielders. Yeah, the third one is tough. I could see a case for. I think Lourdes Gurriel is incredibly underrated. Um, Teoscar Hernandez is a guy that I kind of have been writing off as a flash in the pan, but I keep seeing people like very smart people talk about him as a very good hitter. So I think I'm probably underrating him. Um, but I think I might go for Dugo. Yeah. And as you were talking, that's what I was thinking. I'm generally, I generally consider myself lower on for Dugo than a lot of Red Sox fans, but just he has, I feel like he has a nice floor. I know he's going to get on base. I know he's going to hit for decent power. I don't think he's a great power hitter, but he'll hit a little bit. Um, And I think the defense is good. I think there are other options, like you were saying, with the Rosarena. I think Austin Meadows. I think those guys have more upside, and I could definitely see them hitting a higher ceiling. But if I was picking, like, a safe choice, I think it would probably be Verdugo. Yeah, I think I think it, I would probably do that too. It's uh I mean he's good and it's it's him he's between 2020 just being 2020 and the circumstances in which he came to the team. It's gotten obscured uh quite a bit, but I I I'm surprised at the lack of clarity in looking at a full division that we can't even find three guys who we think are definitive top tier. Uh, this seems like a, I don't actually think it's a generally weak position across the division, but I think the top of it, uh, cause like it's judge and Springer and then, and then everybody else, but I mean, Gr- judge I mean, and Springer are like, yeah, those are I mean, like MVP caliber players. I mean, as I've, I've told you this, but like, I don't know if I've told you this, but I, I live in the New York area, and well, I know you. Live the, in the New York the, area. Yes, I know you know that, but the, <laughs> the 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 shirts I see for Yankees, it's when I, you know, I've lived here for like twenty years. I it's never been a percentage like it is for Judge. Like, uh, it's at least two thirds of the Yankee shirt you see are Judge. He is by far the most popular Yankees player at a given time I've seen, and that includes Jeter, but that's because Jeter played with other popular players. Well, the um, teams are stacked. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, but even I like Aaron judge. So what are you going to do? Well, the thing with judge and I wrote this, um, in the Yankees preview that's going up uh, today when you're listening to this, I feel like Aaron judge is underrated, which is insane because he's the best player on the New York Yankees. But it just seems like nationally he does not get the credit he deserves. I mean, there are not many players I would take over Aaron Judge. It kind of feels like he gets talked about. Maybe this is just because I talked to too many Red Sox fans who just want to find reasons to not like him. But it seems like he's just talked about as a guy who hits home runs and then strikes out a lot instead of a guy who is just like an incredible all-around hitter and also a very good defensive outfielder. Um, I mean, I know staying healthy has been an issue and he's a very large human being and very large human beings have trouble staying healthy, but he's, he's so good. He's, he's sort of the, the way, the way you're talking about it. And I've seen that too, sort of remind, uh, evokes to me. And like, I'm too young to, 
to have seen him, despite being ancient, is Hank Aaron, whereas people assume Hank Aaron just hit home runs. Like, no, Hank yeah. Aaron was a f- fucking hitter. Yeah, I mean, Aaron um, Judge is not Hank Aaron. But and that's, that's the sense I get from Aaron Judge. Siri, shut up. Um, I, uh, like, Aaron, Aaron Judge can hit, hit the damn ball. And, uh, he gets on base like crazy too. Um, yeah, he's. If it, it doesn't make sense that the best player on the Yankees would be underrated, but I kind of it kind of feels like that's where we are. Um, all right, so are we doing DH? Do you want to do DH? Well, DH. Well, let me do my future. Uh, outfield. Right, future outfield. I, I sort of copped out here. Well, I put Mount Castle in there. I just put him in the outfield. Yeah, no, Rosa Reina because that's easy, and then Duran because obviously. Um, yeah, I figured Duran. But then for DH, both now and the future, I put Vlad. So. Well, I don't think Vlad's going to DH this year. I um, know, but I know, but I was cheating. I was cheating for now, and I was looking to the future. All right. Well, let me put it this way because I think this is an interesting one: Stanton or Martinez for just for twenty twenty one. Martinez. It, with, Just without like a that. doubt. Really? His underlying hitting skill baseline is much better than Stanton's and always has been. Oh, um, man. I mean, I think that's... I'd go Stanton. The thing that scares me the most of Stanton is just injury. But if they're if I know they're both healthy all year, I think I would go Stanton. Oh, I absolutely would not. I, I think, I mean, Stanton is the... Is, as about as fun as you can have playing baseball. Um, See, I don't but, really like watching him hit, which I know is not a opinion that many people share. I hate his. I hate the closed batting stance. I think it's just very ugly, aesthetically speaking. I don't. I don't think his home runs are pretty. I think they're very ugly. Interesting. I mean, I think that I, I am. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm shocked because that would be dramatic but i i don't think that the hitting skill is actually close between him and martinez um the 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 pure whatever you bat to ball for sure is martinez but power is stanton yes okay but that's true of every single player (laughs) who's basically maybe not joey gallo (laughs) well okay so i guess i guess i'm sort of scared about JD Martinez, I think that he's going to be good, but I'm a little. There's that little nugget in the back of my brain, and part of that is because last season I was worried about him, and and it turns out you were right, and it worked out. But I also like it was 2020, so I don't know if I was right or if it just because I was worried about him, and then COVID happened, and then I just stopped caring about anything to do with baseball because the world was ending. Uh, so I mean, I I don't really give myself credit for being right on that one but still it's just he's getting older he kind of struggled a little bit against fastballs last year which is not great sign for aging he's had back problems i don't know i think i'd certainly think it's close but for me the only concern was stanton is health i mean i would not be surprised that unlike other positional battles i would not be surprised at all if stanton put up a better year and if you're right if jd is sort of just fading and uh flailing a little bit because stanton as long as he play if he's healthy he's you know 35 home runs is happening and the and not only that um even if you're not excited to watch the process the result of the home run will be spectacular because i mean that dude i mean i think I think that dude is my might hit my favorite home runs of I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely in, in a minority. His home runs are majestic. It's really just the stance. I hate the closed batting stance. It really drives me nuts. I feel like I, if you're a power hitter, you can't have a closed stance. So you, this that's for like slap hitters. What are you doing? I I just hate that he's on the Yankees because like he's on the Yankees. I hate that too. The judges on the Yankees, and I like them as play like. I like them a lot. Um, but after the Mookie Bet trades, I don't care as much because I'm 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 fr- I'm free. I'm free. There actually aren't many players on the Yankees right now that I don't like, which is 
upsetting that they are an upsettingly likable team. Just All right, just let's... stab just stab your Scott Brocious voodoo doll some more. <laughs> I was a little young for Scott Brocious. Um I, I remember Consider Scott yourself luck consider yourself lucky. Yeah, I don't really have many Scott Brocious memories outside of like Ken Griffey Junior baseball for N sixty four. All right, let's go. Uh, starting pitchers. I won't read them all out, but uh, I mean, I think the top starting pitcher is pretty obvious, right? Why don't you list them? Because I did the offense. I didn't see that you put pitchers on there, though it made sense. All right. Well, so Yankees will go uh, Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyone, uh, Jordan Montgomery, Davey Garcia, uh, Rays, Tyler Glasnow. Ryan Yarbrough, Chris Archer, Michael Waka, uh, Rich Hill, um, Blue Jays, Hyunjin Ryu, Robbie Ray, Nate Pearson, Tanner Roark, uh, Stephen Matz. Red Sox, we know their rotation. Um, and then Orioles, I don't think they... John Means, I guess, is worthy of a mention. I won't mention any other. Felix Hernandez, who's just kind of sad at this point. Um, but I mean, it's obviously okay, Garrett Cole, number one. No, no, it's Garrett Cole and then everybody else. Pretty much. Although, no, I'm not going to say anybody other than Garrett Cole, number one. Don't worry. I'm not going to go that crazy. Um, Hyunjin Ryu does not get the credit love he him. deserves. Love he him. is love so him. good. He's uh, great. I was having a conversation with somebody about the Blue Jays um, a few weeks ago. I was telling them how much I like the Blue Jays, and they're saying that the they love their offense, but they were saying their pitching is basically exactly like the Red Sox, and like no, 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 the Red Sox wish they had a Hyunjin Ryu in their rotation. Um, Ryu had a two six nine ERA last season, and that was his worst ERA since twenty seventeen. He is he has trouble staying healthy for sure, but he's been healthy the last two seasons. Uh, he's done nothing but put up results. He's it's crazy how underrated he is. I'm hoping one of the reasons I want the Blue Jays to be good this year is because I want people to look at Ryu as a bona fide ace because that's what he is. Yeah, I mean, I, I was writing down the names you said them. The only three names I wrote down were Cole Kluber and Ryu. Um, and Kluber is obviously a total crapshoot um, at this point. Ryu, I, I am 100% with you, and the Red Sox are going to learn that, again, the hard way, um, how good he is. It's uh, The Red Sox, unless, you know, Chris Sale can come back and make some sort of push, I don't think they have anyone on this list. But I, I think that this list is, it, it's like Cole, Ryu, Maybe a lump of the a lump of rays and Kluber Glass. and then and then everybody else. It's, I, it depends how you feel about Glass now. I think some people put Glass now up with some people you. love him. Yeah, I'm not a huge Glass now guy, um, but I mean he definitely we've seen it. He definitely has that ace potential. Um, but yeah, the Red Sox, like you said, it's really the only guy that could get close to that conversation is Chris Sale. Or Eduardo Rodriguez, I guess you could make that case. Um, I'm still being very conservative with my expectations for Rodriguez, but if he is, if he's the guy he was for the second half in 2019, he's not. He's he's not going to get that high, but I think he's in the Kluber conversation. Well, the, if um, he is the second guy, is in the second half of 2019, he's Ryu. I mean. It's I don't think that, he's Ryu. I don't think he was that good. You you don't think he's that? Wow, you love Ryu. No. I think, and I think that says more about Ryu than... I, I, and I think Ryu, when healthy, is like a top 10 pitcher in baseball. Ooh, I, okay. I don't think Rodriguez is that good. Ryu has well, just been that I guy. Don't think, I don't think Rodriguez is top 10 pitcher. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why my, anything I'm saying now is more just a compliment to Ryu than um, anything bad about Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, yeah, no, I, I I hear you. I I'm I'm all about, and I want to see him do well. I just, except for against the Red Sox, I uh, I I do like. I like watching. Guys like that, just just, veteran pitchers, just 
eat people up. It's great. Uh, he's a he's such a fun pitcher to watch too. He's not like a big fastball guy. He's just yeah, he just makes people look silly. Um, I also really like Nate Pearson. I think he could be a guy that by the end of the season he could be there. I think he's hurt right now. Um, probably won't start the year in the majors, but he's got that kind of upside to join with Ryu as sort of a nice one-two punch. Certainly in the, get into this if, conversation. Certainly if I had done the future stuff for the, uh, for this division, Nate Pearson would have been near the top of the list. Yeah. Um, the Rays have some guys. Um, and the and Reds, I mean, it, Orioles have Grayson Rodriguez, who's pretty good. Yeah. Um, DL you know, Pat, yeah, Patino, Patino's yeah. on the on the race. Is he going to pitch this year? I bet he does. I think he, I don't think he'll be up all year, but I think he'll get his chances. some bullpen, maybe. Um, same with Honeywell, who I don't know. He's probably right. lost a little bit of a shine because of injury stuff, but he could be back this year. Yeah. Um, the Rays always have the Rays have like twenty five pitchers that could be, of course, like of course. very solid number twos. Which is just McClanahan, another one. Yeah, they traded ba- Snell and Morton, and they'll still be fine. Just the worst. Isn't Bays on the Rays too? Shane Baz? Is it Baz or yeah. Bays? I thought it was Baz. I th- I I thought it was Baz forever until I heard someone pronounce it Bays. Oh, um, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but yeah, he is on the Rays too. He could be yes, up this great. year. Yeah, the Rays Wonderful. are so, it was so annoying. Um, Thanks a lot, Chaim. <laughs> Uh, and then relievers, um, I mean, their entire raised bullpen <laughs> is probably yeah. the answer. Um, and then, I mean, there are some nice relievers in the division beyond them. Aroldis Chapman is one of the Yankees who I do not like, uh, but he's obviously very good at pitching baseballs. Um, Kirby Yates is probably the biggest wild card in the division and could sort of make or break the Blue Jays. It's just weird to say about a reliever, but I mean, if they get old Kirby Yates in that bullpen, I mean, that makes that pitching stuff so much better. Um, the Red Sox are not really a factor here. As much as I love Matt Barnes, he's probably no more than maybe sixth just ballparking it in this division among relievers. Well, then I'm going to believe you because if you say he's sixth, I trust you. Maybe that's a little too low. I mean, Chapman for sure. Yates, I would definitely put below him. Like I said, the Rays have everybody. Nick Anderson, Diego Castillo, Pete Fairbanks, I would definitely put ahead of him. Um, Chad Green for the Yankees, I would probably put ahead of him. So, yeah, that's probably like six. Um, but who, who the hell knows with the relievers? Um, all right, before we do some listener questions, let's just early division predictions uh who give me the whole order uh let me think about this i'm gonna i'm gonna go back back to front because i hadn't actually done this part let's go orioles last yeah that's obvious uh let's go red sox fourth i'm sorry to do that um Oh, this is tough. Um, I'll go Rays third. I'll go Yankees second. I'll go Blue Jays first. Whoa! I know. That's I love it. I think that's crazy, but I love it. I it might it might be crazy. I just uh, I think this is. I think I'm also speaking with my heart here. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think the thing is the Blue Jays obviously have so much potential with their offense, um, but their potential is just to be the Yankees, which is yeah. I mean, the Yankees' offense is so good. Um, I think I, I have it the same, except I would flip the top two. But I, I got to say, the more time is going on, the more and more I'm thinking I might put the – Red Sox ahead of the Rays. Wow. I don't actually believe it. But every like every time a new projection comes out, it is higher on the Red Sox than I am, and it just makes me think that I'm way too low. And 
most of my confidence in the Rays is just in the fact that they're the Rays and they always seem to just pull shit out of their ass. But I mean, looking at their roster, I'm not all that impressed. I do think that all four of the top teams might be good to decent baseball teams. And in fact, I'm sure about Blue Jays, Yankees, and Rays, and maybe the Red Sox will be good to decent. I mean, this is, I feel like it's a very good division. Long way of saying that. To me, I think the, I mean, I think the Yankees are easily the favorites. I think it's really the two, three, four spots that I could go all around on. But I think I go, ultimately, I think I go Red Sox fourth just because I don't believe in the health of their pitching staff. But if you were to tell me that they were going to get decent health, not even definitely not perfect health, but like decent enough health, I'd be really tempted to put them above the Rays. But at the same time, last year, I thought the Rays, I was very low on the Rays too, and obviously they went to the World Series. So um, maybe I just, I mean, I obviously hate the Rays. Anybody who knows me knows I hate the Rays more than I hate the Yankees. So maybe there's some bias coming through here. Yeah, see, that, there's the generational divide between you and I. I do think that the... Um... It is important to remember they could all make the playoffs, couldn't they? Except for the Orioles. No, no. Um, there's only no. two wild cards this year. They didn't expand oh. the playoffs. Right, Somebody well. will be out. I think this division will. Ah, uh, no. I was going to say they will definitely get both wild cards, but that seems hard really to say both. That. I feel like they're definitely getting at one of them. Yeah, I feel like they're definitely getting at one too, but I feel like the Central is the Twins and White Sox are both very good too. Yeah, baseball is going to be pretty fun this year. I'm thinking about it. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm pretty excited. We talked about this last week. I'm very yeah. excited. All right, let's, uh, let's do some listener questions and then uh, we'll get out of here. All right, Gordon Constock asks, uh, who do you think will be top five in war on the Red Sox this year? Top five in war. In uh, order. Yeah, in in order, I can't do. Um, <laughs> but I'll go Bogarts, Devers, Verdugo, Vasquez, Erod. I think those. I would go. Mm, yeah, it's really it. Those top four seem pretty obvious. Um. I think I could make a case. I think Rodriguez is probably the best bet. I think I could make a case for Martinez, and I think I could make a case for Avaldi. Um, I think I'll go Martinez, um, mostly because I'm worried about health for Rodriguez, and Martinez just. I mean, Martinez could be second on this list if he goes bananas. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely Bogart, Stevers, Verdugo. Vasquez top four and then pick a name out of the hat for number five. Yeah, I'd probably I would have to flip a coin between Rodriguez and, and, and Martinez. Um but I chose Rodriguez, so I will do that and if I lose, I'll die. <laughs> well, also if I don't lose, eventually. You will die unless they find a cure for death at some point in the next few years. Uh, Nick Sledge asks, any word on when Salomarua hit the mound during a game? Uh, yeah, so he pitched in a simulated game um, on Tuesday. They haven't said when he's going to pitch in a real spring training game, but I would guess that'll probably be relatively soon, maybe like this weekend or something. So I don't think we're too, too far off from that. Uh, and then last question from the big man. We're ending on a sour note here. Uh, who is the most likely Red Sox player to just completely tank? That's a good question. I mean, I think after last year, my instinct would be to say J.D. Martinez. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a pretty obvious answer, partially because there's just not a lot of players with big expectations. Um and he's one of them. Um, I think you could also, depending on how much you're expecting, you could also go Avaldi or Richards 
just because they might pitch five innings and then be out the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, I think Martinez is the pretty easy call there. You know, like if they brought JBJ back, that would be an easy answer for you to take. But uh, I don't know that it would. I yeah, he's he's sort of just like he is what he is. That's yeah. That's, I I that's also think point. that he was underrated as a hitter. Um, but we don't have to go through that conversation because we're at the end well, of the podcast. And yeah, and he's dead now, according to every Red Sox fan on Twitter. He's he's dead, and you know well, we that's... have to mourn him. Oh, I saw your take on that. I'm not gonna. I'm that, I'm, that I'm upset mock, me. I'm lot. I'm mocking the overly emotive fans over this, and the Red Sox Twitter account that is being like, "Oh, he was the best Red Sox. He's one of the best Red Sox ever." It's like you're the team. Yeah, yeah. You I really could have signed him. I really hate team Twitter accounts, man. I know they have a tough job, and they. But come on, like you got to know what you are. You are the account of the team. It's like the Rockies after they traded Nolan Arenado or like saying a bunch of stuff about how sad they were that Nolan Arenado was gone. It's like you're the Rockies. You are literally the Colorado Rockies. You just traded. look, Matt. All I can say is, if you know, if you know, you know. All right, that's a good note to end on. Uh, thank you for listening to today's show. Uh, please, if you liked it, rate and review it on wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Uh, tell your friends about it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I run the Over the Monster account at Over the Monster. Brian is at at Brian Joiner. Uh, that is Brian with a Y. Uh, you can find all of our writing at OverTheMonster.com. And we'll be back with you next week.